The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 54. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous, but this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berezini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today, we're discussing the 12th episode of Season 3, Jolinar's Memory. You want to give us a quick uh, synopsis of this, Victor? Sure do. Basically, the Tok'ra visit the SGC and tell SG-1 to go straight to hell. Sam's dad and leader of the Tok'ra, Jacob slash Selmak, has been captured by Sokar while performing an intel mission on the Gould Sokar's Hellmoon Nitu, or Nitu, depending on, on who you ask, um, in, across the two episodes. This is especially urgent because Sokar is way more powerful than anyone thought and could take over the galaxy at any moment. The only person to have ever escaped from Nitu Nitu was the Tok'ra Jolinar, who is Martuf's former wife and Sam's former headspace mate. Believing Sam to have knowledge of how to break Jacob out of Nitu, Martuf uses the Tok'ra memory device on her, and it has unpredictable results. After a short cargo ship ride with Teal'c staying behind as the getaway wheelman, Martuf and the rest of SG-1 take drop pods down to the surface and are immediately captured and thrown into the pit. And it's just the pit. Sam re- remembers that Jolinar was able to escape as a result of her liaison with Sokar's Gould Warden of Nitu, the hulking yet lovable oaf Binar. Sam is almost able to work her feminine wiles on Binar when the big galoot is shot from behind by his first prime Neonak, who takes off his helmet to reveal that he is really dun 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 robot Apophis. Robophis. <laughs> Robophis. <laughs> <Robopis. laughs> <laughs> 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 we end with a to be continued. Yeah. yeah uh what are your thoughts on this episode father Corey? this is this is a good one it, it's of course it's it you know for as big of a story it is they really didn't do much with the uh, sets i mean you had the the spaceship set that they've used before you've got literally a pit in the ground that they're buried in <laughs> and the that's about it you know i mean there's not a lot there i mean they they obviously they tried to tell a big story in in with very cheap special effects including you know of course the the stock footage of lava flowing from i think like hawaii or something in one room you know that kind of deal but no it's 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 a, i like this story I, I like this one you know of course they have to they play up the uh uh satan and hell imagery as much as they can too and and yeah it's 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 okay it's a good one <laughs> I was disappointed by the lack of thrash metal in the soundtrack, though, I've got to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no ECDC talking about a certain highway. It does drive home that in the afterlife, you could be headed for some serious strife. <laughs> <laughs> to all my squirrel nut zipper fans out there, yes. <laughs> and they're, they're, the deep cut, right? Yeah. And, 
And we know that, that Jack knows that, thinks he's going to end up in hell because he says, you know, end up there sooner or later. Might as well check out the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> what about you, Lisa? Uh, you know, I like the way they did the big reveal at the end. If you notice, uh, Peter Williams didn't have any credits at the beginning. And so it was, so they did keep it a secret, at least in, you know, 20 something years ago in the original. And uh, I like the return of Martouf. I like the return of uh, Jacob Carter. I do find Martouf a little creepy. Um, <laughs> that's just the, you know, damn Jack chip person in me, but I find him creepy. Um, no, I thought it was a great, a great uh, exploration. They had so much fun. So much fun, like you said, with this being hell and how much they were going to suffer and how hot it was. And, um, but I liked it. I liked that it was a two-parter because you didn't know it was going to be a two-parter, right? It wasn't a part one and a part two. So they're go- you know, they're escaping, they're escaping, they're escaping. Oh no. So I, I thought it was a-, a good, we don't have a lot of cliffhangers in early Stargate. And so I thought that was a really nice way to keep you on the seat, uh, edge of your seat mm-hmm. until the next week, back when we had to wait a whole week. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I like it too. And um, I actually like the set design. It looks like like some, some some sort of like weird Los Angeles, like martini bar lounge type thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the hell lounge or something. Like, you know, in, in Binar's chambers, you have like this backdrop where the, you know, the control panel for the ring transporters is located. And it looks, there's like all these like mud flap silhouettes of like devil girls. And I was like, that would make like an awesome like headboard for a bed or something. But um <laughs> no and yeah i mean martuf is super creepy in this one like if someone came at me like he did with those nose hair clippers you know um <laughs> i would tell him yeah. to like s- step off bro but yeah no there's there's a lot going on in here and i hadn't watched this episode in so many years that i actually forgot this was the one that um apophis comes back in so mm-hmm. i was actually when he took off the helmet i was like Oh, it's Apophis. This is the one where Apophis comes back in. But, yeah. you know, it would have been like, you know, if I was seeing this for the first time, it would have been like, as I did probably once, it, w- it was a pretty good reveal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And now remember, Martooth is Marty. Marty. Mm-hmm. He's Marty until Never we get a Marty. Tash, just Marty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with uh, I agree with you, Lisa, about Martooth. He just comes across as very clingy and possessive and a little bit whiny. I got, I got a, I got Anakin Skywalker vibes. From yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, so, it's kind of like, you know, you like, you have my girlfriend's ex-girlfriend's used like old car. Therefore you're my girlfriend now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually know you, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. I'm just going to call you mine and I, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not, I'm totally not just crushing on you still, even though the person that I really was in love with is dead. Right. Right. I really don't know you at all, but Hey, <laughs> yeah it's a little bit desperate <laughs> yeah i like uh i like how this episode kind of brings in the full cheese factor with the going to hell sets and everything mm-hmm. like they just make it very literal so that was a lot of fun to see kind of that almost like fantasy like combined with science fiction that they do here so that was a lot of fun where they, they just went with it completely and it was just completely literal. Who Who's the guy that built like the Noah art theme park? Was that like Ken Ham or something like this would be yeah, like the, so. this would be like the hell theme park. He might like build. That's, that's what he would build, under, yeah. build underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Along with, yeah. It. along with the sounds, 
the moaning and the screaming in the background constantly. Yep. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of... It reminded me a lot of... thinks that Vine are just... Oh, good. Oh, yeah. It just reminded me a lot of, like, the first season Futurama episode um, where, where Bender goes to Robot Hell and it's, like, this old amusement park, you know, underground amusement park, and there's, like, the robot <laughs> oh, yeah. devil and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was it was very much, uh, like, that level of, of uh, you know... Which is good because I was watching it with my kids, and if it was, like, actually, like, a real Hell Dimension, probably, like, you know, the guys, like, in leather suits, you know, you you wouldn't want to see that with your kids, so... You know, yeah, they'd gone like a Event Horizon or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, and and as watching it, I was was thinking, you know, speaking of music, it's like I'm missing the the whole Doom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was looking for that thrash metal to come in. Yep. Yeah, that would be that would that was something that I kind of wish they'd done more with. Like they they didn't do a lot of like combating alien demons or anything like that. That would have been fun to see. Yeah, it did feel kind of stretched out to to fit the two episodes. And the reason that was is because the they were originally this was going to be a one parter and apparently it was going to be even more expensive than the Children of the Gods pilot was. Mm. So in order Ooh. to justify the expense, they had to cut it into uh into two episodes. And so they wrote the second part, you know, hastily. And um which is why a lot of we'll talk about that next episode, which is why a lot of that kind of seems like filler is because it mm-hmm. probably was to justify the expense of the sets. And Scratch. yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I have a feeling, though, that if this had been the one parter, it would have been a very, very packed one part. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it would have been it was it's like one of these stories where like they had a, you know, an episode and a half worth of story. Right. Mm. And so what do you do with it? You cut half an episode and pack it all in or you expand it to two episodes and just add filler. And so, and mm-hmm. I think this is one of these episodes where the better choice was to do the, the filler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if it had been one episode, we would have had Jack going, that would have been a great two-parter. Yeah. <laughs> you put too much exactly. in yeah. you should have given us more. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, could, they could have gotten away with it if they'd cut out, like, all of, like, the memory, like, you know, the device and mm-hmm. accessing the memories and stuff. It doesn't add too much to the plot in this episode and certainly not much in the next one. So, um. You know, there was another way. The big reveal is that um, Jolinar, um, you know, had a thing with with Binar, the uh, the garbage pail kid looking warden of the. <laughs> it's not fair, but no, I mean, I mean, it's too bad he couldn't have been played by Tor Johnson, who did all those Ed Wood movies, you know, because it would have been a great part for Tor Johnson, you know, played Lobo and 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 everything, but yeah. but. Um, but uh, they really don't do too much with binary. He's like kind of there. And then all of a sudden, like he's like shot in the back. And, you know, I, I, you know, justice for binary. We, we needed, we needed more of them. I, I you yeah, know what? He, I think uh, Joel and R got plenty of them. Yeah. Oh, that was some creepy, you know, like licking. And I don't know. It was, it was not yeah. an easy scene to watch. He could have been like, no, I am not an animal. Like the elephant man. Uh, <laughs> Just yeah. misunderstood. With a, yeah, I feel like with Binar, he almost he was there so little, and he looked so indistinct from the rest of the Fishmen <clears throat> that for for part of the episode, I wasn't sure if he was the leader or if uh, um, Apophis in disguise was the leader because he seemed much more in that role than Binar did. Mm-hmm. Binar just seemed like, hey, I'm just chilling here and living my best life like he did not seem to yeah. intimidating <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and, and Apophis was playing the first prime i mean he was he was playing like the jaffa yeah mm-hmm. 
very cool outfit too. But yeah, and th- those are some very well-fed henchmen too. For for supposedly being on like the hell dimension, like it did not interrupt their supply of human growth hormone or whatever they were taking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they were they were in really good shape, not malnourished at all. So, Mm-mm. so I car think must that be. Whenever they filmed this episode and the next one, I think that all the bars in Vancouver were missing their bouncers because yeah. they were all in there. You know, like, were a well, lot of really buff guys in this episode. And- and as I say, in one of them that he plays more a role in the next episode was Peter Kent, who was one of Arnie's Arnold's stunt doubles for much of his movies. You know, of course, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger had a bunch of stunt doubles. Well, he's one of them. And you look at him, it's like, yeah, he he's built yeah. like Arnold Schwarzenegger was yeah. back in the day. No, no neck, all muscle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of doing like his character. He was. Yeah. They should have had more of him in there. He should have played Bynar. I feel like he was much more charismatic than mm-hmm. any of the other henchmen were. Mm hmm. I feel like that would have worked out better. The few lines he had, he delivered them well. It made you realize how thin Peter Williams must be compared to, I mean, it made him look, you know, yeah. tall and thin. He's pretty thin. Of course, thin. It, of I mean, course it, it wasn't it, Peter it was Williams then. in most of this episode. You know, it was Dion Johnston who actually yeah. played Naonak. And it was only Peter Williams in the very last scene. Which I said it was a <laughs> scheduling issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's he's very good as as robot Apophis. Yeah. See, I thought it was more like Phantom of the Opera Apophis. Yeah, it's not he's not a robot at all. He's not even a cyborg. Yeah, he just has that. a he just has metal on his face. So I guess he's more like Destro from like G.I. Joe Apophis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently the uh, sarcophagus couldn't completely heal him. Yeah. Or maybe that was done on purpose. Sokar did it as part of his torture. But see, it makes him more intimidating. Like it gives him that flair. He's got yeah. that metal face shield he can wear mm-hmm. now i feel like it's a good look actually better than he was standing too close to yeah yeah he was standing too close to the instapot and it like <laughs> you know there was a rice cooking accident and like the instapot like <laughs> flew at his face and no we love our instapot they don't blow up that's the old school pressure cookers so yeah yeah <laughs> this episode brought to you by by instapot hopefully can we do that no probably not yeah, no but um, yeah. no. And, and the one thing I, I'm really upset we don't get in this episode is we don't get like a really long like car ride or cargo ship ride with like Martouf and Jolinar like sitting side by side, like silent. And then after like, you know, 20 minute Martouf goes like, Binar, really? Binar? Yeah. And then, um, no, we don't get that. So. No. We get enough of the cargo ship ride in. It's a lot quicker the, the second time. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. In the descent pods that have inertial dampeners. Oh, yeah. 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 And there's only. Still didn't look very comfortable. (laughs) Kind of reminded me of the (laughs) Galaxy Quest, like, you know, where they encase them in goo and, like, shoot them through space. It kind of reminded me of that almost. But. Yeah, it was definitely uh, like that. I did like the 3D model they used for the shuttle, though. Like, it looks good. It holds up. Yeah. Yeah, the, the FX shots in this and then the next episode really do hold up really well. And we, we don't get a lot of them, but but uh, they they kind of make up for the, you know, going back and forth between the two sets on the on the hell moon. Yeah. And and, and the, the, the mat of the whole scene when they first yeah. land and with this with the, the special effects they do put on it did look really good. I thought it looked really good, really impressive. You know, it looked like what you'd see with with lava and fire shooting in the air and stuff like that. You know, it it looked like a hellscape. I mean, it, they did a good job with it, but yeah, 
you don't really get any depth in it though. You just kind of see the little market street where everyone's just chilling and then get in yeah. the musty old uh, dungeon, which I like that they just go for it's just a straight up dungeon. And it's the special. pit. And and the pit. The pit. No, no, the the pit of despair. No, it's no. just the pit. <laughs> the pit where they have like. <laughs> Go ahead. Parks and Rec. The Chris Pratt character who falls in the pit in the backyard. Like yeah. The plot of the whole first season. <laughs> <laughs> Fill in the pit. Yeah. No, they have the cool backlit skeletons like in the pit too, which made me kind of think it was like one of those like bars or something, you know. But uh, they just have like skeletons in, in backlit like boxes. Like I don't know how many they must have used like every red lighting gel in Vancouver for this episode because everything looks like it was filmed, you know, in an Arby's or something under those heat lamps. <laughs> Maybe that's where uh, they're getting all that protein is the, they're putting their chicken sandwiches underneath. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keeping them warm. I was thinking this set reminded me of, uh, I mean, season six metamorphosis with the uh, near tea. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. that came after, but it's like they just reused a lot of the pit as uh, Near T's holding cells and everything, only without the red. So, mm. who knows? Maybe when we get there. I, think, we'll, we'll I, I, I have a feeling that they're pretty good. At, they were pretty good at reusing sets for gener- generic cave number three. <laughs> well, let's just put some, let's some, put some jail bars here. Now it's a cell. It's not yeah, just a random cave. You can get a lot of mileage out of your uh, cave sets. Like, you know, Star Trek, we had like two or three days. Yeah. And you could tell, like, they're just move yeah. a couple stalactites here and it'll be a different cave. Move, move, the, move the camera to a different angle so that it's shooting from this side instead of that side. Right. <laughs> Great. Save some money. I like it. It would do Jacob Carter again, and he's incapacitated for most of the episode. Kind of just. Mm-hmm lies there and moans but i <laughs> always like his interactions with sam yeah yep. yeah well then they you know here marty shows up and it's like oh it's your dad oh no we think he's gonna die no yeah. you know like we can't really rescue him yeah i mean <laughs> so why did we come you know here yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yet they have those healing visine drops right that they give him some like visine or something and and yeah. through his mouth and it's like yeah this will help him a little yeah. bit and then they forget like about that and it's just like it's just like ah oh, my social security or whatever so <laughs> yeah. I, it yeah, remind I me of the remember the little wax bottles the little yeah. coke bottles that were the wax <laughs> things with oh, the, yeah. the 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 syrup inside the there horrible that you chew syrup on. yeah That's what that remind me of yeah yeah <laughs> worst <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea was that you would then like you would chew it with the syrup and it was like kind of like yep. cheap gum because you were Could chewing the wax. Yeah. What it was. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the whole point. Yeah. It was is basically the flavor for the gum, the wax gum, Mm-mm. sugar, it's syrup bad. and wax. Bad marketing. I miss that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drank it and threw it away. <laughs> I remember those like in the early 2000s, but that was probably the tail end. Of yeah. Around. This episode brought to you by wax gum. When you can't afford real gum, <laughs> wax gum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you got your wax, fake wax, wax mouth, you know, your wax teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. You can get it yeah. right next to the, uh, the circus peanuts candy. Oh, yeah. I like those. I do, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't see them very often anymore, but. No. Uh, you go to a gas station in the South. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
We do get uh, Chekhov's uh, Chekhov's ring transporter in this. Were, were we very, very cool to say, oh, wait, somebody left the moon and went to the planet? Oh, they have rings transporters and stuff. So that was that was very cool. Plays an integral part in the plot uh, here and in the next episode as well. I do like where the controls are hidden, like in that weird little diamond thing in the in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, skeletal. I feel like it's something <laughs> you'd have in Castle Grace. It is. They just needed like a biometric safe where they could just like run up and like put someone's thumb on it and would have been saving them a lot of time. Yeah, it's too high tech. Yeah. Eye scanner, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about um, Sokar's like his nails and him that that choice they made that he had these long fingernails and you see him like stroking the fire. I kept thinking you're going to burn your nails. And it just yeah. it was such an odd. <laughs> it is. <It's> creepy. <laughs> Hopefully they weren't acrylics, right? Right. Yeah, it was just such an odd choice, but I guess it worked because it irritated me and creeped me yeah. out. Yeah, so well, I guess if you're his playing whole, the devil, right? His whole makeup and everything was just weird. His eyes and his skin, and get this blue vein. Nails. Yeah, so yeah. I was going to talk about this next episode, but like, so the Gould can take anybody they want as a host. It can be like the fittest, <laughs> healthiest, youngest person, most desirable person. They could just say, "I want that to be my vessel." And I'm just going to take them and then I'm going to. And so Sokar is like, you know, bring me like a 28 year old goth guy. And it'd be great if like he had like some veins on his face or something. And that's who I want <laughs> to spend. Albino. Yeah. And that's who I want to yeah. spend. Like, just go to like, you know, wherever the goth people are in Seattle now or whatever. And just like find me the sickliest looking one you can find. And that's <laughs> and that's who he chose to like represent him for for eternity. But I guess it's I don't know to each their reach, I guess. But. I I like it because it differentiates him from the other ghoul. Like, instead of being this big, intimidating warrior, he's this creepy, kind of gross dude. Well, he's kind of he's kind of manipulator. I mean, that's that's kind of how they portrayed him. Is he's more of a manipulator than the most of the other ghouls are. Most of the other ghouls are just standing there, Java Cree, Java Cree. He's yeah, and he's like, I know I look this way on purpose. I totally do. And um, yeah, he's much better as a new. I like this look. When yeah, when we it reminded me of uh, in the way that the devil was portrayed in the Passion of the Christ movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, like it was that same kind of thing. Very which similar. is funny because he's also the de- he, like that's the persona he took on. Right. So yeah, I'm wondering if Mel Gibson watched some Stargate before he started working on the screenplay. But let's go with that. Knows? That's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's uh, David uh, Palfi. He also plays Anubis later on, mm-hmm. um, and his makeup for that is, is is even more convincing, we should say, because we never actually see him beneath the mask. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. That is kind of fun. We're at season three, halfway in, and their their goals are getting a little more interesting, right? Yeah. We just had Apophis. We just had the kind of like a, a stereotypical bad guy. I don't have any real motivation. I just want to be a bad guy you know yeah and they're really developing them as we go and it's just we have oh yeah except for anubis but we do have some fun <laughs> yeah well it's yeah. I, I like the you know there's the scene where uh hammond and or the uh, sg1 and hammond and martu for talking about this about him and you know, martu was talking about how how evil that uh sokar is and Hammond's like well why is he that much worse Daniel's response. Well, of all the gods he picked to impersonate, he chose the devil. 
You right. know, and that shows kind of the person, you know, again, he's got a personality where he's not just the, I'm your God, you will bow to me and mm-hmm. I'm going to be big and imposing, but not actually do anything type of personality, you know? And it almost makes more sense with the psychology of the gold we've seen so far, where he prefers to be pulling the strings, but having everyone else do his dirty work. And so you don't even see him up until this. Yep. Even then mm-hmm. he doesn't really do much. He just orders people around. I was almost expecting him to be in like a big, uh, like a leatherback chair and turn around and be stroking a big white cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could talk more about his, Mr. Uh, Bond. <laughs> we could talk more about his machinations in the next episode. Save some of that for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, the, the hardest part of this whole episode was Martuf and his, the entire premise where he brings him to this planet to rescue Jacob. And then he kind of just welches on everything is more of a burden to them than a help yeah. the entire episode. Yeah. The whiny get, little get, thing. Yeah. And you get Jack who says, you know, I really don't like surprises. <laughs> and Martouf <laughs> doesn't tell him anything. And then a surprise shows up. Yeah. What did I tell you about surprises? You know, and it's just like, okay, that should have been a hint to you, dude. You need to tell them everything you know about this. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but, you know, as we discover and as we kind of learned and discover... That is kind of Tokra mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're so much more important than you. We're better than you. You're a little thing. We don't. We don't really need to. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, simple things like, yeah. oh, there's no Stargate on this planet, so we have to fly over. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. no problem. Oh, but we can't land the ship because the atmosphere will eat the ship up and it will crash. So we have to crash land instead. Why didn't you tell us about the part about having to arrive on ship in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, dude, there's, a, there's a thing called a briefing, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Teal has to stay on the ship. And yeah, you can't take weapons. Right. Yeah. it's. <laughs> but but the communicator worked. It, it did. did. They dodged that trope. The communicator actually worked, except when they were going through atmosphere, which, you know, that that's normal. Yeah. Expect that. Yeah. yeah. That was a shock, right? That it actually worked because you... They get on the planet and you're thinking that's not gonna work either. Like you know, you're just yeah. Thinking, that was my thought. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Hey, Dilk, you there? Yeah. Crackle, and I love it. It still made the same click. Yeah, sounds yeah. As the, the regular yeah. Earth walkie-talkies. Click breaker breaker Tilk, one there. nine click. for radio check. Yeah. Tilk, you got your ears on, good buddy. I do, good buddy. The little BJ in the yeah. I, I almost wonder, like, that they recorded the sound, expecting it to be the standard Earth communicators. I said, hey, we've got this thing we can make into a communicator. Yeah. <laughs> we got We're Smokey like throwing us in the pit early. here, so uh, we got a county mounty yeah. full-grown bear. Better uh, better drop the hammer and get on out of here. Get some teal playing some yeah. bear sounds. Yeah. Okay. We got some big old cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Victor, you mentioned the whole nose hair trimmer thing. Yes. What it actually was, evidently, was a nose hair trimmer. They're a little bit sleeker That's now, but yeah, but sense. yeah, it was a Philips yeah. Norelco. Um, yeah, very effective, very effective model. And if you're a, if you're a gentleman of a certain age, I can really encourage you to invest <laughs> in such a device. <laughs> so it made this me. So it is not sponsored by Instant Pot or Philips. <laughs> or wax gum. Or wax gum. <laughs> So it made me wonder, what's that communications thing that clicks, right? It was like some kid toy they had laying yeah. around, right? Remember the ones you'd talk into and it played out over your, it's not a boom box, I was, well, I was, boxes, right? I was yeah. trying to figure out it was something they repurposed mm-hmm. from some other episode where it was just like a rock. It's like, hey, this looks like it might be something you could hold in your hand. 
Yeah, we're we're still a ways away from the communication stones, but it is kind of it was like a precursor to the communication stones. Yeah, it is interesting to see on these older shows, like if you look at the props from Next Generation or uh, shows like of this era, like Stargate. Up close, they look like absolute garbage. Like it's literally <laughs> just like a piece of like rough plastic with stickers. on it. It's like you see like the yeah uh, like the tricorders or like the communicators yeah. or the guns in Stargate, and they look horrible up close. So like all the fan made props for conventions look way better than the real ones ever did. Yeah, yeah. life before three D printing when everything was just grip tape wrapped around you know a, well, a, a dowel or something. Yeah. Well, and it didn't life before matter. high definition TV. Yeah. Exactly. Life before high definition TV. It didn't matter because you, know. you couldn't tell, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. well, it, it was. You, you talk about some of these old old series. Yeah, the TVs were not that clear, so they could get away with a prop that looked like crap from five feet away. <laughs> yeah, because that's the closest you're going to get to it, <laughs> at least in seeing it. And your TV funny, was only uh, a twenty inch, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we had a 32-inch oh, by the time wow. of this. Yeah. We, we spent big yeah. bucks. I mean, <laughs> we were still gathered around the radio to listen to Stargate at the time these originally aired. <laughs> you know, sponsored by Chesterfield Cigarettes, the whole deal. I think that's our fourth or fifth. Nine out of ten doctors recommend smoking Chesterfield cigarettes. <laughs> Don't smoke, kids. It's bad for you. Yeah. by Chesterfield. <laughs> Yeah, um, but no, I like that. I like that old the charm of the just slapping together and kit bashing uh, props. I feel like 3D printers have made things look better, but you kind of lose that. Yeah, that fun. Like I know in a, even in um, Phantom Menace, which was a really high budget movie, the Jedi communicators I think were like a women's razor with some things yeah. glued onto it. So. Yeah. Or, or you mentioned kit bashing and like, yeah, the, the original board cubes in Star Trek were literally just like the model kit sheets just like glued together at like, you know, to form a cube and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And that was and that fit with the board because that's what the ships were actually made out of was just, you know, parts of other ships and stuff. So. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of ships, second time to see a Teltac. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I want a computer mouse that's shaped like that. It could be a good, a uh, good ergonomic shape. You know, I think I have one <laughs> around have a Microsoft here. One that kind of looked like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have a Teltec model or a Teltec mouse? I have a Teltec mouse someplace, but I, I my desk is too messy. Sorry, sorry, folks. This makes for great audio only podcast. Yeah. You want to look around? As, as you can see on the on the the podcast, <laughs> Victor is digging around. I got a new Switch controller that looks like Mario, um, but that's not the same thing. So, Victor, when it's Jack's birthday, now you know what to send him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tilk uh, gets relegated to dude who sits in cockpit. Yeah. For yeah. Both mm-hmm. of these episodes. He didn't really have anything to do. Well, he had something to do in the second episode. We'll yeah. We'll talk about that next. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But even then, there wasn't enough Tilk. No. Not enough Tilk, too much Martu. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Although. There should have been Martu. There should have been done. Yeah. This episode did give me a line, though, that I've been able to use on my kids uh, uh, quite a bit since I first heard it. So whenever they, they approach me, you know, it's it's morning. I'm still waking up. I just tell them, I do not have time to hear of the suffering of the damned on this day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, what Sokar tells, <laughs> tells to Binar. <laughs> I do not have time to hear the sufferings of the damned on this day. Yeah. <laughs> I have teens. That will come in handy. Yeah. 
They really should have gotten <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne to guest in this episode. You would make a good Zokar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have just been yelling, Shara. <laughs> and have brought his own white pancake makeup. <laughs> Victor, you haven't even mentioned yet that the two two bad guys here were both bald. They were. I did feel very seen in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I did feel I did like that. Um, Yeah. Often stroke candles, Victor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fingernails. fingernails. Now you know to be for for Halloween, right? (laughs) You have a kind face. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. Poor Bynar. His, His only crime was that he loved too much. No. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he was. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it was an uncomfortable scene, especially yeah. because they decided to do part of it like first-person POV. Yeah. 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 They just cut straight to it. I'm like, nope. I'm. And it. Yeah, if they did this, well, if they did this show now, it would have been right? a lot more explicit. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. was kind of grateful that it, they kept it like you yeah. know, kind of implied, but yet still icky enough that like. But mm-hmm. now, I mean, if they did it now, it would have just totally been like, okay, like I'm not watching this show anymore. This is like <laughs> Outlander yeah. or whatever. So, <laughs> well, yeah, you couldn't have watched it with your family, and they, yeah, they managed to keep it creepy and icky, and it's hell, but family friendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, family friendly hell. <laughs> Free hot dogs for the kids. The yeah, whatever. Yeah. But you're right, Jack. I hadn't thought about that first person point of view there was it's just really upset. I mean, think about it. Peter DeLuise managed to creep us out and made it all icky. And we understood Joel and our true suffering without really mm-hmm. showing us much besides the guy's mm-hmm. face. <laughs> yep. What happens on Need 2 stays on Need 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of, did we see, did anyone spot him? Peter DeLuise, was he... His cameo? I, I think I heard I him next episode. Him. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, I seeing see him, him, but I was looking. Maybe he was one of the damned. He I probably know. I think he probably was. He was probably one of the people like that first showed up when SG one walked yeah. in. Hi, we're looking for Binar. You know him? <laughs> Damn number four. <laughs> right. <laughs> I went to hell and all I got was his T shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a fun episode. It definitely had that, that cheese factor, which I feel like Stargate does really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, if you look at IMBD, one of the guys credited on this episode, his his um, character name is Hell Dweller. Oh, oh Hell yeah. Hell Dweller. <laughs> He's the man with the hellish touch. All right, that's my... <laughs> Shirley Bassey impression there, I think. Uh, <laughs> is it the uh, the Lovin Brothers? The yeah. Hell is, is it Hell is for Real? That album? <laughs> I thought that was a Kevin Sorbo movie. Albums. It's probably that. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, yeah, no. <laughs> hell is not dead. When you see the movie, it, it feels more like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, it is the opposite. Yeah, sorry. Uh, anyways... <laughs> Heaven is real, kids. But yes. Oh, I didn't even pick up. On so that. <laughs> we, we should we should probably at least mention 
We should probably at least mention that, yes, there was some character development of Sam, especially okay. in her relationship with her dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should at least make sure to mention that, that, you know, we saw we get a little bit, when she yeah. first found out that her mom had died, That's right. you know, in this yeah. accident. Mm-hmm. And which gets filled out more next next episode, but we mm-hmm. we we kind of just you know went yeah there was some memory stuff and walked yeah, past right. it, but we should at least mention it. <laughs> yeah, because they really pick up that much more. Yeah, in this ne- in the following episode, mm-hmm. that's where that. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to pull up Peter Deloise here and stretch this out to two episodes, so we we. <laughs> Well, I think we're, we're kind of at the yeah. point now yeah. where maybe we can, to be continued. Well, <laughs> yeah. dun, dun, dun. we did learn with the memories that they she could feel the pain, which yeah. I don't think we really got that from oh. or used the memory device, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then there's more to like, oh, let me just turn it down a little. Yeah. Cause you pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, sorry, I said it at eight. Let me turn it back down to five. Oops. That might be better, right? Oh, it's like tortured. Oh, and you felt that? Oh, my bad. It's like the dad to be watching the little contraction monitor and saying, okay, honey, this one's going to be a big one. Oh, get ready. This one's really peaking up on the chart. Yeah. yeah. Just drive to him is creepy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can tell you, I wasn't really a Martu fan here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, y'all have uh, any other thoughts on this episode? Nope. To be continued. Right. Yeah. Pick up, pick up. Pick up again soon. And uh, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Sarah S., Patrick M., Don B., Jonathan S., and John E. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. And to find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And be sure to join our, S- our new SQPN Discord at sqpn.com discord. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, The Devil You Know. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secret of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. Justice for Binar. <laughs> Justice for Binar. <laughs> Once again, I'm Jack Berzine. Thank you for joining me and sharing the secret of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?